Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Letterman Row. It is an off week, but that does not mean we're taking time off. Ohio State may be giving its players the weekend off. Letterman Row is not going to do that. Andy Baxter on the other side of that screen. Tim May, the further side of that screen, the 40-year vet. I'm Spencer Holbrook. You can see that under the screen here. Fellas, uh, Buckeyes are off. Ohio State fans still want to watch college football, I would assume. Uh, why go to the pumpkin patch, spend time with your family when you can be parked in front of a 65 inch with some surround sound for 14 hours on Saturday. I mean, who wants to go do fun stuff when you can watch college football? Agreed. 75 inch is what I got. And, uh, yeah, I'm bragging, but, uh, <laughs> playing in a golf scramble on Saturday morning, which is going to be done by like one o'clock. And then I'll, I'll plan to plant myself in front of TV. How about you, Andy? Absolutely. I feel like for Ohio state fans, this is a good week because, Coming off a big win at Notre Dame, and now you can kind of relax a little bit, see the landscape of college football, see where Ohio State fits in. Now in the top four, you're just kind of sitting pretty this week and, and waiting to see how everything else shakes out. But, hey, yeah. truth in advertising, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Backstrom's a guy that watched uh, UMass versus New Mexico in the opening week of the year. So that's how weird he is. Yeah, he, he'll watch paint dry at this point. Uh, two games. There's a football two games, in it. <laughs> <laughs> two games we're going to kick this thing off with. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, Ohio State, before it can get to any sort of national picture, has to run through the Big Ten, right, fellas? Uh, so let's talk Penn State. Let's talk Michigan. Penn State uh, on the road at Northwestern, unless the wind is about 60 mile an hour like it was for the Ohio State game last year, not sure the Nittany Lions are going to have too much struggle, struggles with Northwestern. And then you've got Michigan finally leaving the big house, finally playing a team that it actually has division one talent, finally having their head coach back. 
Uh, we was back last week, but you guys know what I'm saying. Uh, traveling yeah. to Nebraska, play in front of 80,000 people at Memorial Stadium. Uh, Nebraska's bad, but that place is still rocking no matter what. Which of these two games, I'll start with you, Tim, which of these two games between Penn State, Northwestern, and Michigan, Nebraska, do you think is more worthwhile for Ohio State fans to tune into? If I say zero um, from a standpoint <laughs> of a Jeopardy standpoint for both of them, I'm talking about uh, Penn State and Michigan. Would that be an answer? Would that be an acceptable answer? Uh, no, because then the video would just be over and we would just all go about our Correct. day. Now, here's the so, thing. Now, the, next, yeah. the, next, the next question is, is it going to be the Northwestern team that played the first half against Minnesota last week or the, the, Minnesota, the Northwestern team that played the second half against Minnesota last week because they set the fighting P.J. Flex back home after trailing, what, 24-7 at the half, came back and beat the fighting P.J. Flex and sent them – I mean, that was – I'll tell you, in my opinion, that was as stunning an upset as there was in last week's uh, college football across the nation. And then, of course, Nebraska <clears> – <throat> is Michigan playing – this year's Nebraska or the 1995 Nebraska, 1997 Nebraska, you know, when, when they both split the uh, – when they those two split the two national championship votes. Uh, clearly they're playing this year's Nebraska, which got beat by Colorado, which got – then which Colorado then got pummeled by Oregon. So neither one of these teams should have some jeopardy to them. But I think if there's one that possibly could, it would be Northwestern feeling, feeling a lot better about itself than uh, than maybe a couple of weeks before, but even that's saying a lot. Andy, I go the other way. I think the Nebraska is more interesting because Michigan's had back-to-back slow starts. They were only up fourteen-six at the half against Bowling Green. JJ McCarthy had three interceptions in that game. Did not look very good last week against Rutgers. They were only up fourteen to seven at the half, and Rutgers was driving when it was seventeen-seven. They were deep in. Michigan territory before Gavin Wimsat threw a 71-yard pick six. I remember Spencer and I, we were watching that game, and we kind of just turned to each other and were like, oh, here goes Rutgers again, kind of just shooting itself in the foot. But Michigan's had some slow starts, and if you look at this Nebraska team, again, they're not great offensively, but they are coming off back-to-back wins against easy competition. But they can run the ball. They're first in the Big Ten rushing yards per game. Michigan's second in the Big Ten in rushing defense. So something's got to give on Saturday. And I guess if you're looking at ways, you know, people play Ohio State, right, trying to control the clock, limit possessions. I assume Nebraska will try to do something similar against Michigan. And if they get a fast start, Michigan might be on its heels. And I, I wonder, you know, how that game goes. I think that I agree with Tim. Both really aren't upset potential. But if one has more upset potential, I feel like it's Nebraska-Michigan because I think Northwestern just got its only Big Ten win this season, guys. Yeah, and here's what I'll say about this Nebraska-Michigan game. I don't know if it's going to be a great game, but, buddy, if there's one thing Nebraska does well, it's defend the run. That team is is willing to stop the run, and something is up with the Michigan rushing attack. I know we can say the same thing about Ohio State, um, and we'll we'll be talking about that because that's what we do at Letterman Row. But, like, Donovan Edwards, who is one of the more explosive players in college football, in my opinion, is averaging just 3.3 yards a carry behind an offensive line that was supposed to be one of the best in the country. Blake Corum is getting his business done. I think he's averaging about 6.6 yards a carry. But, like, there's just something a little off with this Michigan rushing attack. And if they can't run the ball, J.J. McCarthy's pretty suspect when he's not in play action. He's incredible in play action but you get him in true dropback situations like nebraska might be able to and he's willing to throw a couple interceptions he's willing to get loose with the football so with the the starts that you talked about andy the slow starts by by the wolverines with 
knowing that Nebraska can stop the run uh, at a pretty decent clip with J.J. McCarthy struggling in true dropbacks if he doesn't have a run game to lean on. And you get a crowd of 80,000 people for the first time or with Michigan playing on the road for the first time this year. I don't know. It could be frisky. I'm not going to talk myself into the upset, and I'm definitely not going to take Nebraska plus the points. But if you told me that it was a lower-scoring game and Nebraska had the ball in the third quarter down either 7 or 10, I wouldn't think you're the, the craziest person in the world. So uh, I like where your head's at, Tim, with the confidence of this Northwestern team against Penn State. But I think if I had to lean one way, I would go uh, with the Michigan-Nebraska game as something just to monitor. I don't know if you have to watch it. There's other things on, but you can, you can at least monitor it. I was simply being conversational. I like to be yeah. cordial in these kind of settings and stuff. I don't think either one of these face a serious upset threat. But, fellas, anything can happen in college football anymore. And and if a team suddenly gets it and has Nebraska suddenly gotten it, uh, I'm not sure. You know, Rutgers, obviously, like you pointed out, was in the game uh, with Michigan at halftime. And then it went like a lot of games do. You take your best shot. And then you uh, fire and retreat, you know, and that's what uh, Rutgers ended up doing. I expect a kind of a similar game at Nebraska because that's a proud, a proud program with a proud fan base, et cetera, everybody you want to describe it, but they're still behind the eight ball in terms of talent. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, last one here in the big 10, only because they're next on the Buckeye slate while they're off this week, they can kick back hey. and watch, watch Maryland, Indiana, uh, I believe that game is in College Park. Here's the deal, fellas. Um, Ohio State now has a win over a ranked Notre Dame team. Unless Notre Dame completely disintegrates, I don't see the Irish falling out of the top 25. So you've already got a ranked a win over a ranked Notre Dame team on your schedule or on, on your resume for the college football playoff. Penn State and Michigan are very, very good. Asking Ohio State to go 12-0 and is a tall ask. Even the best Ohio State teams sometimes don't go 12-0 and just because of the way the schedule is. But that being said, if Maryland wins this week over Indiana, Maryland will likely be ranked when it comes to the horseshoe for the homecoming game on October 7th. No matter what Maryland finishes the season out with, a 9-3 and and 8-4 and Maryland that was ranked at the time will just be another ranked win for Ohio State because I think Ohio State will be able to beat Maryland at home. Do you think that the Maryland-Indiana game is worth watching for that and that alone just because – it could get Maryland ranked, which could help Ohio State's resume down the road. You want yeah. me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think it will definitely help Ohio State's cause. Number one, number two, uh, Maryland's going to get challenged this week. Offense, its offense is going to get challenged by Indiana's defense. Believe it or not, Indiana, of course, has no offense, uh, but uh, at least enough suitable enough, I don't think, to pull this kind of game out. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, I think I think anybody would root for seeing an unbeaten Ohio State versus an unbeaten Maryland, but especially the way Maryland played Ohio State last year in College Park, uh, you know. And uh, I think that Maryland's gotten better offensively. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I think they're more potent than they were even a year ago. But I think it's going to be like we, you know, we're, we keep throwing these acid tests out there about what we want to see from Ohio State, right? If they are, is Ohio State better defensively than it was a year ago? It hasn't given up any major big play for a touchdown yet this season, uh, four games in, and uh, they did against Maryland last year. That's when the uh, – I think both of you guys agree, that's when the, the uh, landslide really started against this Ohio State defense. Ohio State was still able to pull it out because of its uh, offense. But, uh, 
yes, I, I think it, it would be quite the showcase game if Maryland showed up undefeated and Ohio State has a chance to, uh, uh, once again, exercise some demons from last year defensively. Yeah, look, uh, Indiana needed four overtimes to be Akron last week. I don't think this game is going to be close at all. I think Maryland wins by 30-plus. Uh, I think this Maryland team is better than last year's team that, of course, had Ohio State at least a little bit scared in College Park last year. And, you know, you look at this Maryland team, they bring back their all-time leading passer, Talia Tagovailoa, and he's having an even better season so far this year. He's passed for already over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, only three picks. And then their rushing attack, I think, is what's most improved. They got three ball carriers that have, like, 25-plus carries and over 100 yards on the ground. And then of their receiving targets, like, it's so spread out. They've got 10 different players with 10 catches or more. So this offense is super deep, and they have a lot of different weapons they can kind of you know, use here and there for Talia and that entire offense. So I think that it's it's something that I'm really looking at for this next week's matchup. I mean, Emeka Buka, talking to him yesterday, that was the one thing that stuck out. He was like, hey, we're already on to Maryland. Like, this yeah. is a good Maryland team. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of earlier this week hearing the Notre Dame players talk about Duke. Like, hey, this is a dang good Duke team. Of course, Notre Dame doesn't have a bye in Ohio State. But both teams, you know, you kind of have to move quickly off of that big game in South Bend because there are some pretty good opponents up ahead on the schedule that traditionally aren't great, but this year are actual powers in, in their conferences. I think Maryland this year finally gets a win against one of the top three Big, big Ten East teams. I don't think it's Ohio State that Maryland beats, but I wouldn't be shocked if they beat either Penn State or Michigan this year. Yeah, and before we move on to that Notre Dame-Duke game, like you said, Andy, uh, Notre Dame, they've got to they've got to refocus, man. Uh, before we get there, I want to tell you guys, of course, you guys know what we're about to talk about. It is the Game Time app, GameTime.co. If you want a ticket to Penn State Northwestern, that is a cheap ticket. James Franklin said this week that Penn State practiced in silence because that was the reality of the situation. Uh, Northwestern's averaging 17,000 fans at their games this year. He knows what kind of atmosphere they're walking into, a minimal one. So they practiced in silence and made sure there was no music. There was no crowd noise. They're not pumping anything in, uh, which means you can get a very cheap ticket to go watch Penn State and scout them. You might want to send a little scouting report into Ryan Day to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. By all means, but when you do that, you should get your ticket on the Game Time app or using or the GameTime.co and using that promo code Buckeyes for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Hey, even if your ticket's five dollars, you find one for four dollars in the same section on a on a competing on a competing ticket website, then you just send that into Game Time. They'll give you one hundred and ten percent the difference. You make a dollar ten on that ticket. How about that? So, Excellent. Uh, yeah. If, if you'd like to go see Penn State Northwestern or uh, Maryland, Indiana, a couple barn burners there, uh, you know, you want to be part of the 80,000 balloon holders uh, at Nebraska for, for Michigan, Nebraska, go ahead and use that game time app. Use the promo code Buckeyes for your first purchase on the game time app. Get $20 off that purchase. Of course, terms apply, but you can go to game time, the game time app or gametime.co right now and get your tickets for any game you choose, including Ohio State, Maryland, still some tickets available for that one in a couple weeks. But fellas, gametime.co, the game time app, not only selling Big Ten tickets, there are other games around the country where you can find tickets. Let me tell you a little something about my friends over at Bird Dogs. I've got the Bird Dogs polo on right now, the hat is in my closet, the, sh the joggers, the shorts, they're in my closet as well. I love 
the fellows over at Bird Dogs. I love what they do, their clothing that they provide. Uh, Bird Dogs is premium apparel. I play terrible golf in it because it's the most comfortable thing. If you're going to play bad, you might as well look good. And that's what I do in my Bird Dogs. The polo, the shorts, the joggers. Again, I'm going to play some fall golf this week with the Buckeyes being off. I'm going to make sure to rock those joggers from Bird Dogs. They have the best clothing right now. And right now, if you go to birddogs.com LR and use the promo code or just use the promo code LR at checkout, you can get a free Hydroflask style water bottle. That means you can get a hat, a polo, the joggers, the shorts, anything you choose. You can get the built-in liners if you want. Then you don't even have to wear underwear. How awesome does that sound? And when you do that, if you use the promo code LR, you can get the free Hydroflask style water bottle. Or if you want to make it easier on yourself, expedite the process, go to birddogs.com slash LR. And when you check out, the water bottle will be right there for you. Go to birddogs.com slash LR. With any purchase, your first purchase, you get a free Hydroflask style water bottle. That's birddogs.com slash LR, or just use that promo code LR at checkout and take advantage of the bird dog sale today. Let's talk Notre Dame because Ohio State goes on the road, gets a huge win against Notre Dame last week. Uh, everybody knows the story by now. It's the third and 19 game now, as, as Kyle McCord liked to give it a name. Uh, for Notre Dame, it's the, uh, the Holy Ghost game. So Notre Dame on the road at Duke. Just a fascinating matchup, man. Like last year, the body blow theory proved to be true. Notre Dame lays an absolute egg at home after playing Ohio State, and they lose to Marshall. This year, they say it's different, but I'm still seeing graphics on Twitter of Notre Dame players still talking about how much this loss to Ohio State hurts. So is Notre Dame over this loss or not? Yeah. Is Notre Dame over this loss or not, Tim? And, and, And does it hurt Ohio State's resume if Notre Dame goes on the road and hurts and loses to Duke this week? I think Urban Meyer said it best earlier this week. I think it was on the Big Ten Network. You never get over. You're never going to get over that loss to Ohio State the rest of your life. I mean, if you're a Notre Dame player, but life moves on, right? And uh, he talked. We talked a little bit about that on Urban's take this week. Uh, uh, you do have to. You do have to get yourself uh, readjusted. You also have to. You know, as a coaching staff, you have to learn to count to eleven again. I mean, I'm sure that drill is going on. <laughs> In those coaches' meetings, okay, guys, Marcus Freeman uh, starts. We'll start those meetings with, okay, let's all count to eleven, uh, and to make sure uh, we can all do that. And wow, that's still stunning that that happened in that game. The last two plays of the game, not just the last play, but uh, yeah, get rallying your team back, especially when you had a chance to rectify a mistake like that. And you you talked about it earlier this week on our on our uh, uh, video, Spence, about coaching malfeasance. That may be a little harsh, but in the coaching world, it is coaching malfeasance when you let a when you let your defense be on the field with just 10 men. The last two plays of a game of that magnitude, how do you explain that to your players, you know? And that's what, you know, so there's a little bit of a, um, I don't know, repair work going on right there, I think, with Marcus Freeman and his staff with their players. But, yeah, life moves on. It better move on quickly because Riley Leonard, the quarterback at Duke, presents a, a multifaceted threat that uh, maybe Cal McCord well, opted not to show. Let's put it that way. We only ran a couple of times last week. But this Riley Leonard guy looks like he's for real. And if the other guys step up to the challenge, uh, if the other guys on Duke step up to the challenge, they got a real shot at it. You know, they've caught a lot of ballyhoo for that win over, over – uh, Clemson to start the season off, but we anybody watched that game knows Clemson 
fumbled twice inside the five, what, at the one-yard line and came away with no points. And one of those was a scoop and score. It wasn't so much that Duke beat the heck out of Clemson. It was that Clemson shot itself in the foot a couple of three times. So uh, uh, I'm in- as interested to see where this Duke team is in a reality standpoint as I am Notre Dame. But, yeah, Notre Dame needs to pick itself up off the mat. That's sometimes tough to do. Andy, uh, Ryan Day made a big point about how tough and physical Ohio State was after that game on Saturday night. Uh, that theory can be proven true if Notre Dame looks battered and beaten uh, and just not very physical against Duke. If that team is still reeling from a very physical game where both teams were hitting hard, where both teams were getting after it, like you'll you'll know if Ohio State was a physical team by the way Notre Dame responds, I think, because if Notre Dame's still feeling the soreness of that game – on uh, Saturday night, then you'll know Ohio State uh, was able to match them with physicality. Uh, do you agree with that? And do you expect to see Notre Dame come out a little flat um, after the heartbreaker? And and then furthermore, Andy, how does that affect Ohio State if Notre Dame, like I said earlier, goes out and loses to Duke? Well, I think it depends on how Notre Dame plays, right? Like if this is a game where they just don't show up for it, then you can factor it into maybe the emotional side or the mental side of, of losing that game and having a hangover of sorts. But if they're just out physical, then, yeah, I agree. Then that's just a byproduct of having a really tough game, top 10 showdown at night and really just being fatigued from that and not being able to out physical a Duke team that that likes to run the ball, not only with its quarterback, with Riley Leonard, but they also like to run it traditionally. And that's just a multifaceted offense overall. They've got two wide receivers with 20 or more catches. So Duke is a, a real threat. And I think that if Notre Dame does lose this game, yeah, then it has you questioning, well, how good of a win was that for Ohio State? You'd have to monitor Notre Dame the rest of the season. And if you're Ohio State, you're hoping that Notre Dame wins out from that point forward. Like a win over USC would help Ohio State a lot. You have to imagine that USC is still in the top 10 at that point. And it's the same thing with Maryland, though. Like, even if Ohio State beats up a Maryland, if Maryland goes on and wins nine games this season, that also looks really good for Ohio State. That's a CFP boosting win over Maryland you know it's not just about where the team is when they face you it's really about where they end up because there's certain wins that Ohio State had last year that appreciated in value over time I mean like for instance they beat Notre Dame in the opener and at first it looks like that's not going to be much of a win because Notre Dame ends up losing to Marshall and there's a Stanford game and there's all that stuff that's going on and then and then they end up having a strong end to the season and it looks better same thing with like the Penn State game yeah that was that was a big win at the time and it even got as Penn State had a strong finish to the season. So there are certain wins that can appreciate in value over time. And I think the Notre Dame one is one you're hoping uh, for Ohio State that that does. It just has me thinking, though, like if Ohio State didn't have an off week this week, would we be circling the Maryland game as a potential upset for that same reason? Just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree, Andy. You know, one of the things that I always think about the college football playoff that's interesting is let's say Ohio State does go 12-0. they obviously would have a win over over Notre Dame. They would have that win over Maryland. Now you're talking about a resume that you can compare to Georgia's, who has you know no ranked teams on its schedule other than a Tennessee team that got blown out by Florida. You look at uh, you know they would have wins over Michigan and Penn State. Ohio State would. You're looking at Ohio State against a Florida State team that has a win over LSU, but a win over a Clemson team that's probably struggling by the end of the year. That you know there's not many ranked opportunities on that Florida State schedule. You look at them compared to a Pac-12 team, and I'm not sure anybody from the Pac-12 is gonna. So what I'm saying is, you're looking at an Ohio State team that could conceivably have a run at the number one seed 
in the college football playoff, it goes undefeated. Now let's flip that and go one loss. You have a bunch of one loss teams around. Ohio State's resume is going to stack up against those because it ha- would have a win over uh, Maryland and a win over Notre Dame and a win over either Michigan or Penn State. Uh, you would have the head-to-head battle over Notre Dame on the road as a winner. You know, even a two-loss Ohio State team against a one-loss Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Ohio State beat Notre Dame. So, you know, all of these points, and and I think it's pertinent even on September 28th, that Ohio State's starting to build a resume already that'll show you, like, okay, like, in head-to-head hypotheticals that we love to do in this sport, Ohio State's going to have the edge over a lot of folks uh, the longer this schedule goes. Now, before we get out of here, fellas, because I don't want to keep keep everyone too. Wait, let me interrupt Friday. real quick. Though. Let me interrupt real quick. The, the interesting thing about the Maryland matchup too is uh, Talia Tungavaloa is still healthy. You know what I mean? And uh, last year, for example, when Ohio State played him, he was sort of iffy, you know, from a from an injury standpoint and stuff. And that that to me heightens the danger, if that's what you want to call it, of taking on Maryland uh, next week. If Maryland does get by Indiana, like we all figure it will, so I mean he he is a he's a very good quarterback when he's healthy. Let me put it that way. And uh, Ohio State is yet to see him healthy. I think in a matchup. Yeah, and we'll get into. I should have gotten it in there when it was my turn. I'm sorry, I interjected right now. Oh, (laughs) not a problem at all, Tim. That's why we're here. Uh, We'll get into all that and more, Mr. Holbrook. Moderator of the debate. I'm doing a better job than they did on Wednesday night. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you got that right. We'll, uh, we'll talk a lot about Ohio State-Maryland in the next uh, seven, eight days as we do at LettermanRoad.com. Real quick before we get out of here, there are two other games on the slate that could have college football playoff implications that I wanted to pick your brains about. Do they matter to Ohio State now? Will they matter to Ohio State in November? Uh, Texas at home against Kansas. I think that's going to be a blowout, but I may be alone. I think Texas is just going to have too much. But Texas is number three right ahead of Ohio State right now. And then Ole Miss LSU, where I don't consider Ole Miss a threat to make the college ball playoff at all. I don't think Ole Miss should be ranked. I think they look kind of bad right now. Um, they don't look very good. And But they play an LSU team that already has one loss. And if Ole Miss can find a way to cobble together a win against LSU, would really eliminate LSU from the college ball playoff with a second loss in September. So – I'm not sure how great either of these two games are going to be, but that's why we're here is to pick your guys' brain. Which one of these two games do you think will have bigger college football implications, college football playoff implications, when we look back on September 30th when we're at November 30th? Tim? Well, if Ole Miss pulls off the upset, that's huge because LSU is definitely capable of beating Alabama. You follow my drift. Uh, And giving Alabama a second loss, Uh, LSU then would have two losses. Uh, Definitely uh, in that scenario – if Ole Miss was to pull off the upset, um, you know, there's jeopardy in that SEC West, despite what it looks like right now. It looks like Texas A&M, despite losing his number one quarterback, uh, he's got himself going, especially defensively. We'll see how that goes. Of course, they played a team last week, Auburn, that doesn't have an offense. <laughs> but I digress. That's the same team Georgia's got this week, you know, speaking of Georgia's cakewalk. But, uh, but I think both of these, but, you know, it's really funny about kids. It's just when you think, you know what's going to happen, like I say in college football. Two years ago, Kansas goes into Austin and pulls the upset. I mean, yeah. uh, first year of Lance Leipold as a head coach, and you're going, what? Is that score real? Of course, Sarkeesian, was, they were just getting their feet under them right there. Right now, Texas, what stands out to me about Texas is obviously offensively with Quinn Ewers, but defensively, especially their defensive front four is playing extremely well, which I think bodes badly 
for Jalen Daniels in Kansas this week. Jalen Daniels, they're extremely talented quarterback. So uh, I think I think the Ole Miss upset of LSU is more is more possible. So I would think that would have the more impact on Ohio State's chances going forward. Never count out Kansas. Uh, yeah, even two years before that upset, Tim, I think that was the 57 to the 56 upset win that you were mentioning for Kansas. Yeah. Two years before that, it was 50 to 48. Texas just barely got out of there with a win. And I think, you know, like this is just a – I feel like every other year it's going to be blowout, close game, blowout, close game. Last year was, I think, 55-14. This year I feel like it's going to be close for probably no good reason. But it'll just be entertaining. I, it's one of the ones I always try to watch just because yeah. Kansas is just the underdog. Perpetually it seems like at this point. And Texas now more than ever has the target on its back. And uh, I'll certainly be watching that one more than the Ole Miss game. Uh, I agree. I think the Ole Miss is a little bit overrated right now. Um, but I think college football is better when Kansas is in the top 25. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Ole, Ole Miss got exposed last week, especially in that second half. I mean, that's – you know, just when, you, just when you're counting on Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, they, they lay an egg, you know. Maybe, maybe they're getting ready for the egg bowl. Go ahead now. Yeah, uh, big game lane and Ole Miss are on fraud watch, Tim. Uh, that's just the bottom yeah. line. Uh, yeah. Very like I like I said real quick. I got one more that I almost forgot about, uh, and how could I possibly forget our Beavs, who lost last week to uh, Washington State in a really good game, a, a really good game. Uh, that Washington State team is for real. Like they're, yes. they're good and they've got receivers. Uh, but Oregon State now has to rebound. They get them at home, but they're playing Utah, the most physical team in college football. You want to talk about a coach that preaches physicality and toughness? Ryan Day is is good at it right now because he's able to kind of to thump his chest about what Ohio State just did another day. Utah will kick your – and this is a family program. Utah will beat you down. Utah will drag you in the mud and leave you there. That team is not afraid to hit anybody. And – that Utah Oregon State battle on Friday night is going to be a is going to be just that. It's going to be a battle. Um, I'm really interested to watch that. Not for any sort of college football playoff thing. I don't think either of those teams can make the college football playoff with the way that their schedules are. And if Cam Rising is not healthy, especially, I don't think Utah. I think they're going to run out of steam eventually with that offense. But if you want another game to watch, just as college football fans, uh, I know both of you guys will have an eye on it on Friday night. That's going to be a lot of fun up in Corvallis um, with our beads against uh, the Utah Utes team. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, uh, this uh, the, the Pac-12, what you can count on from the Pac-12 is it's going to cannibalize itself, you know, <laughs> as this yeah. season goes along. And uh, I think Washington State and Washington are both underrated right now. So uh, uh, if if Utah does get Cam Rising back, you got to think they're a totally different team, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, – it, but what they have achieved without him is remarkable. So, uh, yeah, huge game, huge ramifications. But I, I really – you can count on the Pac-12, I think, to cannibalize itself. That's that, At least that's what I'm doing. Yeah, Andy, uh, we love to talk about, about the Beavers. I don't know why you, me, and Matt Parker have adopted Oregon State as like maybe like our – our team to track this year, uh, but we do. And so we're all going to have eyes fixated on uh, Corvallis on Friday night. Well, it's because Tristan Jevia is also going to be watching uh, Ohio State's QB3 uh, QB at this point. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think the Pac-12 was so fun this year. And I, I honestly think it's sad that this is the last real year of the Pac-12 we're going to see because I think you, you can make the arguments the best or at least the deepest conference in college football right now. 
Uh, I know people want to say SEC or Big Ten, but I think Pac-12 is at least the most fun for me to watch. Uh, the late games, some of the atmospheres they have out there. And also, like, shout out to, to DJU. I know he's had a couple of rough games in terms of completion percentage and some consistency issues, which was the same thing he had against at Clemson. But probably just a better spot to be up there in the Pacific Northwest. Just not as much attention. Can do his thing. He's also got five rushing touchdowns. He's still a big threat. Uh, both as a runner and as a passer. He's fun to watch, as inconsistent as he can be. So definitely going to be watching that one on Friday night. Definitely going to keep watching the Pac-12 because I think we all had a Pac-12 team in, in the college football playoff, or at least uh, I think, Tim, did you have one? At least Spencer and I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I had uh, – who did I have? I had USC. So, oh, right. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, they faced that formidable test at uh, Colorado this week. <laughs> and right. uh yeah you can laugh you know we can laugh if we want to but as long as uh usc alex grinch and defense are all in the same sentence uh, they could face a challenge on on any unexpected saturday agreed uh yeah absolutely and let's get it out of the way fellas we need the seo for youtube colorado se colorado usc colorado usc buffaloes uh shadur sanders heisman Deion Sanders, Colorado. There we go. We got it. Now we'll put it in the description. Yeah. YouTube will help us out. Uh, I, I, we didn't talk about that game on purpose uh, because I, I watched what a competent offense is going to do to Colorado last week. I think a competent offense with the Heisman Trophy winner might do it again to Colorado this week. But that doesn't mean that Ohio State fans shouldn't watch it. And I don't know if you guys know this, Ohio State fans. These three on your screen, me, Andy, and Tim, the 40-year vet over there, love college football we don't just love talking about the Buckeyes we don't just love covering the Buckeyes we don't just love traveling to cover the Buckeyes we are college football consumers uh we love talking about the sport so if you didn't want to hear this show that's okay you don't have to because we didn't really talk a lot of Ohio State stuff but if you want to be maybe an informed viewer on Saturday when Ohio State's off you don't want to go to the pumpkin patch you say no honey I can't go to the pumpkin patch I told Andy and Spencer and Tim that I was going to watch Penn State Northwestern I think Wait, that's let, me, a valid let me write that down. Yeah, there you go. Right wordage. Yeah, uh, Mrs. May is going to drag you out of the house. You say, no, I can't. I promised Andy and Spencer I would watch Texas, Kansas. And, and I think that's a good enough excuse. I agree 100%. I'm playing golf early Saturday morning, though. We'll be done by one, and I'll be swinging, pardon the expression, back home. I you know, there's, I got a couple other things going on on Saturday. I got to admit that, that I have to uh, – deal attend so to speak but uh yeah i just love sitting sitting on my uh back pocket <laughs> uh, in front of my 75 inch uh, screen and watching football sometimes uh as many teams as many games as i can click through in a minute i think i set a record uh one time last year with like seven games i was watching at once uh, but uh, of course, you're not really watching seven games at once you just kind of do it so you can brag you did but it's funny what you what you fall upon what great what great plays you see suddenly and really season-changing plays, man. Uh, college football, don't hold your breath because something big something big time can happen the next breath. Yeah, last week was a crazy slate. This week a little bit of a snoozer compared to last week. But just when you think college football weekend is going to be boring, it grabs you by the throat and throws seven upsets in your face. So we'll see what happens. Right. Tim's going to Tim's gonna hit him straight on Saturday. I guarantee you that he's going to bomb some fairways. Andy and I are going to be planted watching college football all day as the Buckeyes take the week off. And Letterman Row continues to break them down 365 days a year. And everything that, that surrounds this program, whether it's college football playoff implications, games that matter uh, on the Big Ten slate, whatever we can do to help cover Ohio State football, 
That's what we're going to do at lettermanrow.com. Go get that coverage. $1 for one month right now at lettermanrow.com. Check us out on the Letterman Lounge. The message board is always popping off. We will see you guys back next week to preview Ohio State, Maryland. Homecoming week in Columbus is finally here. We'll see you guys there. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.